You know those pulled pork things that you get from the store that are like prepackaged and you all have to do is heat it up in your oven? Well, it said at 350 for 15 to 20 minutes on there. That seemed a little short and I was like, all right, whatever, I'll do it. Well, it's been 50 minutes at 375 and still, still not warm. So I'm going to do this podcast right now instead. Let's go to the theme song so I can catch my breath because I just ran up the stairs. L.I.W. American Horror Story Review. Hello, citizens. I am Phoenix. Want my pulled pork done in, in my gullet west. Welcome to L.I.W. American Horror Story Review. Where are my notes? I lost my notes. Where are they? There they are. This is episode 63 for 1984, season 908. Rest in pieces. A lot of numbers. All right. Just want to get this done because I want my fucking pulled pork, and apparently it's never going to be ready, so... I. I need a contingency plan if this doesn't work out. I need to come up with some other meal. Anyway, starts off. One day before Halloween, 1989. Brooke and Donna are at a diner eating breakfast, talking about their future. Now, she can do whatever she wants and move to Australia or some bullshit. Uh, Donna sets up the final girl thing and says, Oh, you missed the 80s. Yeah, the, there was always a final girl. So it's either you or Margaret. And she goes, What about you? She's like, A black final girl? Come on. <laughs> uh, she's so right. Uh, yeah, someone at the diner recognizes her, or recognizes Brooke, but thinks she's like a lookalike, and they're going to the camp to basically be part of like a reenactment, like they're, like they're cosplaying essentially. They didn't use that word because it's the '80s, but that's what what she thinks they're going to do. She works at the National Enquirer. Her name is Stacy. Uh, Bruce, meanwhile, picks up Jonas, so he's right outside the camp. He must be on the grounds. They're driving, and then they, we hear a woman in the trunk. And she's like, yeah, boop, 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 knocking on it. Cuts to last night, and there's a real quick scene where Bruce is tied up because they cut off his thumbs, and he's tied up. A woman gets over and unties him. She's like, we got to go to the hospital. And he strangles her with her own neckerchief and puts her in the trunk and then stabs her. Um, now, you know, now the timeline, Margaret is yelling at Courtney for like, how how long have you worked for me? I'm just curious. I'm just curious. How, oh, oh, that many years. Okay. Well, then you should know I, I like to know things right away. So why don't you tell me, me right away, that there's a bunch of dead musicians here. What you're going to do is you're going to go into the in, in the bus that you found the dead bodies, and you're going to cut those dead bodies up and get rid of them. I think that's the rest in pieces part of this. And then as he's doing that, he, see, he walks outside the bus because he hears music, and he sees the band playing. And that's all we get of Courtney for this episode. He's not in the rest. Uh, Ramirez shows up. He talks to a roadie for some band. And he tries to touch Billy Idol's uh, jewelry. And the guy says no, but he gives him some guitar picks. And he goes, are you with Idol? And he's like, yeah. He goes, who are you with? And he holds up his hand. He's like, I'm with Satan. And he's like, cool. And walks away. And then Ramirez is playing air guitar by himself while Billy Idol plays. But then Jingle tackles, tackles him out of nowhere and they fist fight. Pretty cool little fight. And then, out of nowhere, Bruce gets hit. Bruce hits Jingles with his car. And then he has a long conversation with Ramirez. And he's like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to get in your way. I'm like, I'm a fan. Like, I'm, I need to bump my numbers up. I've only done five. And he shows him the, in the trunk. He's like, this is number six. And seven and eight are some bitches that cut my thumbs off. We're going to go. We're going to go get them, right? And then Ramirez cuts his hand over the pentagram. He's like, he'll show us where, where Jingles is. Um... There's a knock on Donna and Brooke's hotel door. Ends up being Stacy, uh, the National Enquirer girl. 
and she she recognizes them. She knows who they are because she's been studying this. And she's like, "All right." And they come up with a plan. Like they'll let they'll tell her the story. They'll take her to the camp, show her around, as long as she agrees to let them go at the end, because they want to go and kill Margaret. And that's the goal. That's the plan. So that's where they're going. Uh, Jingles wakes up from his death, and Jonas is like, he basically is like, "Oh, it hurts, doesn't it? Like it gets better after time." He's like, oh, I felt everything, everything. And he goes, that's all right. You know, eventually you'll start to forget. He's like, I can't forget. I have to remember why I'm here. I have to, I can't forget to kill Ramirez. Montana or Trevor, they're in a bed and the, the post fuck. And they're talking about how she can't come, but she could feel things like momentary, momentary feelings. But she's like, basically all you really ever feel is the yearning to want to feel something like that. So basically the scene boils down the ghost can't come, which sucks. How did, how did Tate knock up a baby into, into her in the first season? It's beyond me. Then, this isn't really sticking with the with the ghost come storyline I'm used to. I'm accustomed to. I'm an old fashioned guy. I like I like ghosts that can come. It just makes more sense to me. I'm sort of used to. They they taught me that in season one, and and my dad taught me that when I was a kid. It's one of the few things he taught me, and that was on. Ghosts can come, son. He would say that. I'd be like. Daddy, I don't want to know that before bed. Why are you saying this? He's like, no, no, no. Let me tell you how much ghosts can come. And he just kept going and going and going. It was, it was a little game we played. Ramirez is telling Bruce why he wants, why he wants to kill Jingles because he ruined his, his streak. He could have been an active killer for decades to come, but he fucked it up and betrayed him. And then Xavier shows up and is like, hey, I can show you where he is. And he, they show, he shows him their Jingles' body. And that's when Ramirez realizes that he's dead. Jingles comes out of nowhere, stabs, stabs Xavier, lets his body fall onto his own dead body. And then he yells, Jingles yells to Bruce, you stay, you die. And Bruce is like, fuck this, and takes off. He like jogs to the side and just stands there. And Margaret comes out of nowhere and shoots Jingles. Uh, Brooke tells Donna her plan is, we can't trust this bitch, she's only here for money. I'm going to have to kill her. Donna's like, I don't know if you want to do that. And she's like, I have to. I have to do that. The old Brooke's dead. I have to do this so I can live a life. And you can tell Donna's not really on board. Um, yeah, she's... But then we see, they walk away to go, you know, go show her some more places so they can find a good place to kill her. But then they show uh, Ramirez and Bruce and Margaret are sitting there watching her. I'm like, they just didn't see them at all? Three living people? They're not ghosts. None of those people are ghosts. They, whatever. Uh, Jingles is strung up by the counselors and he's basically begging them to save his son. And he reveals to Margaret or to, to Montana, excuse me, that she's the one He reveals to the group that Montana is the one that brought Ramirez to the camp. And he reveals that he's changed a lot. Like he's killing kids, old people and all this shit. And she starts to feel guilty and, and storms off. I thought they let him go then, but I guess not. Uh, Brooke is in the little cabin that she was knocked out with in, by at nurse Rita at the time slash Donna slash Dee Dee. And she's like, I was here now close your eyes. Imagine what I was going through. And she starts to get a knife around her throat. And then uh, Donna pulls her out and they start to fight. And then I, the tiger plays and she, so basically she saves Stacy's life. Stacy starts to run away. The song continues into Stacy running into Ramirez and Margaret and Bruce. They grab her. And then Bruce and Ramirez stab the shit out of her. And they're like, so this is Bruce is like, so this is the plan. Just, Find everyone we can and kill them. This is gonna bump up my numbers so fast. And Margaret's like, "That's not a plan. We need an end game. Like we need somewhere to go to. We need a goal." And her plan is they. She's talking about like these places people go to to flock to dead celebrities, and 
her plan is to kill all the musicians there, and then people she'll be rich and famous, even more so than now. And people will pay a lot of money to go there. And all Ramirez cares about is don't kill Billy Idol. And she's like, fine, whatever. So Billy Idol's safe. I, I wonder if Billy Idol himself actually shows up in this. <laughs> and they de-age him weird, like Star Wars. No, thank you. Uh, Trevor tells Montana he wants to kill himself there. But she's feeling super guilty about being a shitty person and basically making Ramirez is a lot her fault. Not entirely, but quite a bit. And she basically tells him to go fuck himself. She's like, I don't want you here. No, no, no. Fuck off. I don't give a shit about you. Don't love me. You barely even know me. Fuck you. Bye. And because she tells him the truth about Ramirez and all that. And he, he starts to judge her. And then he's like, I don't care. You can change. Xavier and the copycat, uh, copycats from earlier that Jingles killed. They're, they're sitting there and they're beating the shit out of Jingles. And they're stabbing him. And they let him slowly die. They put him on a boat. And they kind of push him off with an oar. And just let him sit there. And he's like, nobody's going to save you now, Jingles. Basically trying to delay it so his kid dies, which is fucked up. He sees Montana staring at him from the shore. And it looks like she's going to help. But then Jason Voorhees, Bobby, Bobby as Jason Voorhees, pulls him into the water. It's the same as the end of Friday the 13th. Um, and then he wakes up and, and Bobby and his mom are sitting there. And, and he's like, I got to go save my son. She's like, well, you tried. All that matters is I love you. And you can tell she's forgiven him after all this time because he got the Bobby there. And... They just have like, a little, they start to play on the on the beach, and that's it. The episode ends. So, I'm glad I didn't get what I was thinking was going to happen, which was the ninth episode would just be all post storyline wrap up shit because they already got it out of the way. So I, I think it's smart of them to not do that again. I'm very glad they're actually going to wrap up the storyline in the last episode, which is so fucking rare for this show. It's nice. It's a, it's a nice change of pace. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I have not watched season uh, episode 9 yet. I am so out of breath because I ran up the stairs at the beginning and I haven't stopped talking for, what, 10 minutes now? So, um, good episode. It, it was better than the previous one. I, I think I'm going to give this one an 8. Um, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to give it an 8. I, I did enjoy this one. Um, next episode, though, has a higher score, so hopefully it's a lot better. This is a solid episode, though. It's, it's back to normal. It's only that one episode that kind of took a little bit of a dip for me. And that's, that's not even a real complaint. That's just saying a fact for me. It's, it's no complaints. It's still a good episode. So glad I watched it. But just a little bit weaker than the rest. But this is a good one. Um, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I want to make predictions, but I don't want to know. I think I'm just going to watch it and just accept it for whatever it is. I assume they're all going to kill each other. And then I would assume Jingle's kid is going to live. Maybe Jingle's kid becomes someone that we know from another season. I don't know. I don't remember the kid's name at all. Oh, his name is Bobby as well, right? He named after his brother. I don't know what could possibly happen that would surprise me. I don't. I don't know. Uh, unless they just, you know, what surprised me is if, if the ninth episode was just a like Suzanne Summers workout tape, and that's it. There's no actual storyline involved. They don't ever get back. There's a lot of conversation in this episode about the '80s and how those are over, and you can't even find aerobics class anymore. And talk like that. That's why Trevor wants to die because he can't find a robust class. I was like, what, the, what is happening? <laughs> like, fucking 80s, hate him. Anyway, um, I'm going to get out of here. So, LAWstudios.com for me. I say that for me, like I'm with a bunch of people. But I could say RaidersLostFlicks.com for Adam. And then Indie Sports Car Podcast on your podcast feeds for Frank, the, the Patreon subscribers. So, guys, um, I'm going to get out of here. Until next time. In the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens. 
So long, Trevor's massive hog that finally makes its way up into Montana. All the way up into Montana. It's that big. So long.